Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome back to another episode of MPL. Today, the episode is super special to me because we have one of my closest friends on the episode, Shifali Puniker. Shifali, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So, um, like Misha said, we've been really close friends for a long time. Um, my name is Shifali. I live in London, Canada. I'm 21 years old. I currently uh, go to university and I like to post music covers online. <laughs> You've probably seen them. They're super famous and super amazing. And Shafali has a talent of being able to speak so many different languages. And even if she's not fluent in them, her pronunciation is amazing. I don't know how. Shafali, how many languages do you actually speak? So yeah, I speak four languages fluently. Um, that One being English, obviously. Malayalam is my mother tongue. That's the language spoken in the state of Kerala. That's Southern India. And Hindi, because I went to Hindi school. And then French because I did French immersion from elementary school all the way to high school. And uh, the other languages that I sing in, I think my pronunciation is somewhat decent in them just because there's a lot of similarities within these languages, like Hindi and Punjabi and Urdu and even Gujarati. And then Malayalam is similar to like Tamil. So it's really fun for me to challenge myself and try to learn the lyrics in other languages. And uh, yeah, it's just something I love to do. <laughs> Right. And before we get started on our topic today, I just want to plug in that Shafali was featured on BuzzFeed. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, that's like the highlight of my life, <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> that I was featured on BuzzFeed, yeah. So today we're actually going to be talking about third culture kid. And before we even start talking about it, let's actually define what that is. So a third culture kid is someone who spent their childhood in a country that is different from their parents' homeland and the country that they actually spent their childhood in. Um, so that's different than an immigrant child who was maybe born in a different country and then partly raised or grew up in a different country. This is, a uh, third culture kid is usually involving, as the name suggests, three countries. So I guess going off of that definition, um, I guess I technically would qualify as a third culture kid because my parents are both from India, uh, but I was born and raised in Dubai and then we immigrated to Canada when I was eight or nine. And then to make matters a little bit more complicated, when the partition happened with like India and Pakistan and Bangladesh, um, so basically from my mom's side, she, so my grandma, she has like six sisters or some like ridiculous number of siblings and when the partition happened they all split up into different places and so i literally all my first cousins are technically from india but i have second cousins who are from pakistan and then i have second cousins who are from like bangladesh and like so it's kind of all over the place 
and then obviously I've, I've never lived in India. I've never lived in Pakistan, never lived in Bangladesh. Um, I lived in Dubai and then obviously that was more of like a Middle Eastern Arab sort of culture. And then Canada is completely different. So you have this like kind of culmination of like a bunch of different things and a bunch of different languages, a bunch of different foods, a bunch of different like uh, clothing and like all of that stuff that kind of comes in together. And I feel like I don't really fit into like a particular one. I feel like for me, it's my like place is with other people who have similar experiences with like other third culture kids. It's like, oh, we can like lip, lip sync half of this Bollywood song and like, that's it, you know? <laughs> and then we can like barely get by by talking to like some aunties at like occasions and whatnot, but we can't like fluently speak like Urdu or Hindi or whatever. And it, like literally like the Western idea and like the Western languages and clothing and food, it's kind of what dominates us. And that's what our like primary sort of like images. So yeah. I was born in Dubai too. Oh, no way. Yeah, uh, my uh, dad was working in Dubai when I was born, but my parents immigrated to Canada when I was like three months old. So basically, I like to say that I was born here, but I was really born in Dubai. And yeah, like I generally, like I feel the same thing as you. You know, there's no, my parents are originally from India, but you know, I've been in Canada all my life. So it's like that constant struggle of trying to find, you know, where do I fit in, right? Am I Indian or am I Canadian or am I Indo Canadian? Like, where? what's the balance because sometimes if you're too Indian then you're labeled as something and then you're if you're too Canadian then you're labeled as something else so I think it's just been a lifelong struggle trying to find exactly what my cultural identity is and where I fit in but I think it's also it's like a beautiful process as well you know trying to learn about where you come from and learning about your ancestors and your culture traditions it's something that I think most youth should try to learn at least a little bit because it's kind of our responsibility to take that on to the next generation as well, even if we're far away from our homeland or motherland or whatever it is. I really like that. And like, yeah, like literally all the points you brought up was just like, it's literally the definition of the struggle of being a third culture kid. Um, for me, like, I definitely would consider myself a third culture kid. I, to kind of give a background. So my parents are Sudanese. They were born and raised in Sudan um that my parents came here to Canada I was born in Canada but I grew up in the states um but then I also spent five years in Qatar in the Middle East and then we came back to Canada oh you said <laughs> so, it the whitewash way wow because <laughs> you guys roasted me for saying the proper pronunciation it's Qatar, <laughs> Qatar. But, literally but yeah I've kind of spent my whole life moving around and so I I never felt like I was fully part like I never felt like my identity belonged to one place in particular it was kind of just all over the place so I actually it's a little bit different because I relate to certain aspects of what you guys have said but at the same time I don't because so my parents are from Pakistan and that's where I was born as well so I actually came to Canada when I was six years old so I think we celebrated my sixth or seventh birthday in Canada I don't remember which one it was but so I was really young so sometimes like I feel like because I've spent like six years of my life like there you know I should be more familiar with it and there are definitely things that I like can remember or like memory or like I think it's more so emotions associated with like being Pakistani and that is great but at the same time I've spent most of like my formative years in Canada um first I was in like Scarborough and then London so like honestly even Scarborough was a year so most of my life has actually been in London and 
because of that, it's actually really, really interesting because I remember when I was in elementary school, when someone would ask me, where are you from? Like, that's the constant question all of us get. I would say, oh, I'm, I'm from Pakistan. Like, that was my go-to response. I would never even think of, like, saying, oh, I'm from London or, like, from Canada. But now when anyone asks me, where are you from? My go-to response is London. Like, I don't even think that they're asking, you know, as in, like, background. I, and I think that an indication of how my identity has changed and how I identify with different things. So I it, I have so many thoughts on like why that has changed, but I think that's an indication of where, where do you call home, say where most of your kind of like identity corresponds with. Um, though I would never say I'm not Pakistani. I think it's a beautiful balance of being both Pakistani and Canadian. So I actually want to ask if you guys are asked where is home? Where are you from? What do you say? Or do you even have an answer? Mississauga. <laughs> um, honestly, um, I I don't know. Like, I, whenever someone asks me, they're like, where are you from? I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I tell them, like, my parents are from India. And usually that satisfies their curiosity because they're like, oh, by that extension, you should be Indian. But, like, they don't know anything about me. So I'm like, okay, you can make all the assumptions you want, whatever. And the thing is, like, honestly, I, like, I don't know about, like, Shefali and, like, when was the last time, like, you went to India to visit, like, cousins and whatnot. But, like, most of my cousins aren't even in India. So I, and I, I wasn't born there. And the last time I went there when I was, I think, six or seven. Like, it's been a very long time since I've been there. And so... The connection I have to India is like very, very small. But when I see like my dad talking to his friends, because he did his schooling there and everything, and that are still in India, he gets like very excited to learn about like the news and like how it's like developed and whatnot. I'm just like, why though? Like, like I just don't get it because that's his childhood and all his memories, but I can't relate in any way whatsoever. And even like the cousins that I have, like they're all in like, they're either in Canada or they're in like the Middle East or like the UK or whatever. And so we're all kind of like in the same boat-ish and all of us are just like forgotten India. We're like, eh, I don't think any of us are going back there. Um, but yeah. I was definitely, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. Um, I definitely feel that, like, I've, I tried, my parents tried to go back to India with us maybe every, I mean, my siblings and I, every other year at least because I my grandparents there and all that so as a child when we would go back I felt no connection to the to India at all because really I would just go there to see my like it was just a place where my grandparents lived you know things only really changed for me uh maybe two years ago when I did an internship in India where I worked for like a month and a half in a rural village with a hospital like a non-profit hospital and, you know, I got to see a part of India that I didn't know even existed. And it really opened my eyes to how how diverse our experiences are within India itself. You know, every time I'd go back to visit my grandparents, it's all very like, you know, like hosh posh, you know, everybody's like super, you know, happy, whatever. Everybody's pretty well off. But then you go see like there's so many other different parts of India. And it kind of just made me fall in love with the country all over again because I was like, I'm, oh my gosh, I didn't know this existed. You know, I, people are so welcoming, so loving. I think that's a general trait of like South Asia that people are so, you know, open. But and now my relationship with India has completely changed. You know, I see it. Of course, there's a lot of things that can be improved with any country, but it's, you know, it's where my heart is. You know, even though Canada is my home, I feel a very deep connection to the land there. So. 
I was going to say, people always ask me, like, what's your hometown? Because normal people are born and raised in, like, one city, right? I don't have that. <laughs> like, right now, I live in, like, a little town two hours away from London. I've only been here for, like, three years. I can't call it my hometown. So, like, when I tell people, oh, hey, I live in this little town, they're just like, oh, like, you you were born there? And I'm just like, no, 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 I wasn't. <laughs> and so I have to, like, end, them t end up telling them my entire life story because I feel like it's not enough for me to be like, oh, I'm Sudanese because that's only like one part of my identity. And so I ended up telling them this whole long story that they didn't even ask to know about. They just wanted like a simple answer. Um, and so, yeah, it's so hard. It's so hard. And like, I feel like when I was younger, um, I feel like I, I could kind of get away with like not even addressing it. But like the older you get, the more important your identity becomes to you. And that's when you actually have to come to terms with like, how am I going to define myself? And that if you had like, if you had to choose like, you know, I know it's super hard and this is like a really hard question, but like, for example, if you had to say like, regardless of how it would be perceived, like, you know, sometimes like even if you're living three years in a city, but that's the city that feels like home. Like yeah. basically my question is what feels like home to you if you had to pick one or you don't have an answer, that's okay too. I don't feel like I have an answer. <laughs> is that bad? No, that's valid. That's 100% valid. I, I just want to follow up like with our relations with our like motherland or like our parents' motherland. So because I was born in Pakistan, I think initially when I was like really young, I felt like that was a barrier to me being Canadian. And I used to really, really distance myself. Like I remember first couple of years of high school and like grade seven and eight, I used to like take pride in saying, oh, I don't watch Pakistani shows. Oh, I don't listen to Pakistani like movies and like... It, songs because it was like oh I'm I'm Canadian I only watch Canadian stuff and it, it was a really like good source of pride because I'm always into clothes I never kind of like shied away from clothes like that was the one part of my culture that I think I was always proud of like throughout my life but everything else I used to distance myself but then I think um the last two years of high school like that started to change and then that really changed in university for me where I started to take pride in being born in Pakistan or being Pakistani and I realized that I can be Pakistani and Canadian one doesn't make me less than the other even though even now I'm not going to say that like I 100% feel comfortable in both my identities it's a like it's a lifelong battle I think to try and figure out where that balance lies but now I'm way more comfortable with saying, oh yeah, I am Canadian, but yeah, I was born in Pakistan, I'm both. I'm Pakistani and Canadian. So yeah, I think it's just something that'll probably stay my whole life. But I think at this point, so far in my life, like today is the most comfortable I've ever been with my identity. So going off, so I think if we're talking about definitions, two of us would be clearly defined as third culture kids and two of us would be defined as immigrant kids but our experiences as we're talking overlap and our emotions and how we feel is there what do you think are the similarities or do you think there is a difference that is only felt by one that you know the other can can empathize with or can empathize with but can't like you know truly relate to it i feel like if you're a third if you're an immigrant kid doesn't that kind of qualify you to being a third culture kid already? Because you end up moving to a place that's not your parents' homeland. Mm -hmm. and so you're, again, torn between these two cultures 
and then you kind of make like a third culture for yourself so I feel like an immigrant kid automatically like like the experience of an immigrant kid overlaps a lot with the experience of a third culture kid uh I would slightly disagree with that and the reason for that is because I think with like an when I think I could be wrong and like, or like the way we perceive immigrant kids might be different. But when I think of like an immigrant kid, it's someone who moved once from country A to country B, whereas with third culture kids, they've moved around multiple times. And so I think what that does to your emotions and like your ability to like connect with people differs when you're an immigrant child versus when you're a third culture child. If you've only moved like say once for permanently uh, when you were like 10 years old, then I think you still have that, hope or like that motivation to like go out make new friends like kind of like live life like normal but if you've moved around when you were three and then five and then eight and then 12 I think you've gotten to the point where you're okay with just like sort of isolating yourself not really being okay with making like long-lasting friendships and not really having that connection to like a particular person city country culture whatever it may be and so in that I think third culture kids have it a lot worse than immigrant kids because they have, a, I would argue that they have a much harder time adapting and opening up and really just being vulnerable in their own identities than immigrant kids. Make sense to me. Wow, it was that much facts. No one wants to speak, huh? <laughs> okay, also, side note. This might get cut out, I don't know. But, okay, so when we're talking about third culture kids, do we, like, are we specifically talking about people who moved around a lot? Or are we talking about people who like, but do people who move, people who've moved like once or twice qualify to being third? I think once, as long as it's like three different countries, yeah, because like, it qualifies. Yeah, because like according to my understanding, I feel like a third culture kid is literally anybody who was not born where yeah. their parents were born. Yeah. So I guess. And, and has moved like, so their childhood is spent differently than where they are like currently, type of thing. Right, 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 right. I think that's the qualifying piece between mm-hmm. immigrant and like, third culture kid mm-hmm. is that your childhood as a third culture kid your childhood is spent in a different place than your where you are currently type of thing right okay you should mention so that. we'll keep that in we'll just yeah. keep that little <laughs> <laughs> this is so chaotic right now normally we're much more organized it's fine it's all good, <laughs> it's all good. okay so i'm gonna ask uh, so we've talked about this a little bit, and all of you, I think, have touched upon it. But what more, do you have anything more to say about your relationship with your parents' homeland or, you know, your own homeland, if you consider it such, and trying to find that balance between all these different identities? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so it's been like a struggle for me because I went to an elementary school that was literally 99% white. It was in the countryside. So like everybody who went there were like kids of farmers and all these things. It's very different now, but back then it was very white. And I remember like thinking as a kid that like, I wish I could just wake up with blue eyes and blonde hair, like my friends, you know, I just wanted to be like everybody else. And even though I never experienced any like overt racism or anything, I just, there was this like underlying, um, I don't know, this underlying pressure to just be like everybody else, kind of like assimilate. And I think that really, really had an impact on my like self-confidence in terms of being Indian or even being Hindu, like these things, like it just really destroyed my confidence in that sense. And uh, things kind of changed, like similarly, like Misha, like I think high school is really when I started 
reaching out to organizations that do these cultures in my life. And, you know, like I said, like, I feel proud to be Indian. I also feel proud to be Canadian. And again, it's that balance, having the balance between the two cultures. Um, but I've also realized that a huge part of building a cultural identity is our parents' role in that. Um, like my parents took an active effort to push me to do these cultural things, whether it was dance, whether it was music, and that really solidified my cultural identity. So now when I meet somebody who is quote unquote whitewashed, I don't like to judge them because, you know, everybody's on their own journey and really we can't blame our parents, but maybe it's lack of resources or whatever it is, but it's, it's everybody has their own path and I think it's important for people to start embracing their cultural identity, but not to rush it and not to judge somebody if they're not cultural, super cultural, or they're not, they're super whitewashed, whatever it is, like everybody will have their own um, thought process on that. So yeah, it's been, it's been a crazy journey. And like, there's still so much to learn for me, whether it's through arts or languages or religion. And um, yeah, I'm always open to learning and because of the internet, I feel like there's so many more opportunities to learn. So yeah, that's, those are my thoughts. <laughs> no, I really relate to the part about growing up, just there wasn't anything like that anyone overtly said, but there was always this underlying thing of, I wish I could be more like them. Like, I don't know. And it was even, I think when I was younger, I didn't even know what it was about me that I wanted to change. It wasn't like in my head, I was like, I don't want to be Pakistani. It was more so just, I like, I don't know what it is, but I wish I could be more like them. It's almost like, I feel like in Western society, it's like, you can be unique. You can be who you want to be, but not too unique, you know? You can't be too, too, like, you know, then you're considered like an outcast or you're Mm -hmm. not accepted into like society. And it's very subtle. Like, it's not, you won't see it openly. (laughs) it's hard to even describe like yeah yeah it's so subtle that it's hard to describe I remember like I for example like such a small thing but I never had Desi friends so like Desi I mean like anyone like South Asian friends my whole life most of my friends were white um or if I like for I didn't even have Muslim friends growing up but even like Muslim friends when I did start I in high school I started having some and or actually even before high school but they were middle eastern like and it was i'm telling you out of like 15 like out of 20 people maybe one person type of thing and it was really weird and i remember in high school shafali i think was my first like true south asian friend and i remember being so awed by the fact that we could talk about like things that other people couldn't relate to and it was honestly it was really odd like I'm saying awe, but like, honestly, it was awe-inspiring for me to be like, it's okay to Uh like bond over these things that other people can't understand because they're important to us, even if they're not important to someone else. And that's the thing, like, I think often as like third, um, like whatever, like first generation um, kids, we feel isolated, but we don't realize that literally everybody else our same age or same, same generation is going through the same thing. So we can, you know, being friends with Misha or like having South Asian friends, it really like helps you solidify not only your own identity, but also your place in the community. You know, you're like, I'm not alone. We all have these thoughts and it's okay to have these thoughts. Just to kind of add on to that, um, I feel like there's two things that happens in high school. I feel like number one, just people in general want to be more like white or like Canadian or like whatever it may be. 
And I think the second thing is like your group of friends as well. Like I, I was surrounded by people who are brown, but never, ever, I don't think I ever had a conversation with them in Urdu ever. Even like when we used to go to each other's houses and stuff, like your mom used to call, be like, Bita, like, Idara, like, come here. But then everyone would respond in English because they don't want to sound like too brown or whatever. Um, and so they would like, you know, force that onto like that friend group or whatever. And then everyone just kind of rolled with it. And then I think obviously your, your friend group matters a lot. And then in high school, I was also surrounded by a lot of Arab people. And then this is a whole nother topic, but like, a lot of Arab people also look down upon like brown people. And again, separate topic, not getting into it. But there was like those two things going on side by side. But then also when you get into university, you see there's a lot more people. And then you start to find people who are like you. And then you start to find people who kind of like like that culture piece and like that. Um, yeah, like that culture piece. And I started finding those people in university. Like, you know, uh, Misha and Shafai, like the two of you, like I've, uh, I remember sometimes after health site classes, we would just go sit in front of Tim's and then like, I don't know, man, it was just weird conversations, <laughs> but it was fun, right? And then there's other people like, I don't know about that actually enjoy talking about like Bollywood shows and like Pakistani dramas and like all of that stuff. And it, it, it is it is nice that you can finally like talk to someone about it or whatever and every time I go back home and I'm like oh mom I watched this like Pakistani drama which is like the same rom-com that like every other 99 Pakistani dramas are like she feels so happy because she's like oh like my, my son's actually actively trying to like connect to like the culture that like we left behind so I, I, I guess like we talked about third culture kid from a more macro lens, like moving from country to country, like um, being part of like certain cultures or like being able to relate to your parents' culture and having like those type of pressures. But I know like for me, when I came to Canada, I was in one school for two years and then I moved to a different school after. And then this was after leaving like my home school in Dubai. So like I was just kind of moving around in and out. And even though it was like within Canada and within like the same city, it just felt really weird because I would have to make new friends all over again. I could never stick to the same friend group. I could never stick to the same activities, even like locations had to change like geographically and whatnot. So I feel like that sort of plays into the whole third culture kit and like how people might feel. And then it happened again with university. Like I had to come to London. I'm not like a London local. So adapting to that, like figuring out where like, you know, the, um, the grocery stores are the, you know, living by yourself, like that whole thing. So have you guys sort of experienced that? Um, or I'm curious to know like what your guys' experiences with that is because like Shifali and Misha, you guys grew up in London and you continue to do post-secondary in London. So just wondering. Okay, um, I'd like made a little list of things I wanted to mention. <laughs> um, I think being like, I think my experience was a lot like Faison's. Like, I feel like because of the fact that growing up, I had to move so much, I kind of made sure that I no longer formed a dependence on my friendships. And, but like the downside to that is that I don't, I don't feel the need to invest in a lot of relationships every time I move into a new place because some people might disagree, but like, especially when you were a kid, when social media wasn't a thing, I think it's easier to connect with people now after you move away because social media is there. But like when you're a kid and you make friends and then you have to keep moving, it's a little painful to let go of friendships and to let go of people. And so the, the, the more times you have to go through that, the more you just train yourself to not you know, form these, like, super, like, close relationships with people. 
which kind of sucks because you hold yourself back from a lot of valuable relationships. But I will say that the positive side to that is it makes you super independent and you like you 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 need people a lot less and you can rely on yourself to figure things out for yourself and to be there for yourself when you need it. Um, but yeah, I'm going to let you guys talk and then maybe I'll add in a bit more later. I, just, I had a follow-up question to you real yeah. quick. You Has that changed? Are you are you more dependent on people now? Or like, I don't know, like depending on like what your like future plans are, like, you know, there's a chance that after university, you might pursue further education, might be in a different city, different country, whatever. Or like if you go to work or whatever, it could be like literally anywhere. So has that dependency thing changed for you? Like, it, like dependency as in like investing in friendships? Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like um I feel like I feel like it has changed a little bit but mainly because social media is there like when I was younger I didn't have like I didn't I wasn't really active on social media until I got into university and so I feel like the presence of social media kind of helped me a little to get out of that is it still there absolutely like I catch myself like sometimes like I can meet someone and they're super awesome and we love to hang out with each other but I hold back from a lot of things because I don't want to invest in this relationship because I'm afraid I'm going to end up moving. We're going to grow apart. And that's another lost relationship in my books. And so it's like, it's like a, it's like shifting a little bit, but it's still there. So I can relate to that even as being an immigrant kid. So I'm just thinking that if I can feel that even a little bit, I'm sure for you, it's like amplified so much more with like moving around more. But I'm thinking like even from, you know, when you shift like schools, I remember like my elementary school was only until grade six. So after that, I had to shift to like a school for grade seven and eight and then high school. It's not a lot of schools if you think about it. Um, and before that, okay, so I'm going to give a little like <laughs> actually timeline. So I spent grade one, kindergarten and grade one in Pakistan. Then I spent grade two and three in Toronto. And then I spent grade four upwards in London, but four to six was in one school and then seven, eight was in a different school and then high school was in a different school. So it's Girl, that's a, a lot of schools. Schools. <laughs> what I was saying, the point to this whole long story is that when I left, you know, Toronto to come to London, I had formed like these really deep friendships. And I remember for a couple of months, I was really upset and it really hurt. And I think that's why I started reading books and why I've like, I now read so much is because in that time when I was like, you know, struggling and like to give up my old friendships, but also make new friendships, I turned to books because I was like, okay, these, like, you know, these aren't going anywhere type of thing. And the same thing happened again when I, even though I knew everyone is moving, it wasn't just me. It still hurt so much when I moved from grade six to grade seven and I had to get, it's not that you... Even if I wanted to, because like Randa said, social media wasn't a big thing. I couldn't keep those same friendships and you grow apart. So again, those first couple of months, I would refrain from making new friendships because I didn't want to replace these old ones I've had. So Randa, like I'm just thinking like, honestly, I'm saying this again, but I can't even imagine how like amplified it is if you move around like way more. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really relate to the moving, you know, like, Misha said, like, run the story is crazy with moving countries and cities so much. But um, I guess, in a sense, like, that kind of happened from high school to university as well. You, you don't know everybody in your program. You don't know everybody in your classes, especially first year. 
and uh, like Misha was like one of my closest friends and then I had like another friend but the, like my friend groups are very small like I don't open up to too many people so definitely making new friends and keeping them even in universities hard because you don't always see them but like like everybody said social media is amazing that way that you can keep in touch with those who you want to keep in touch with um but yeah it's crazy hearing your stories like both Faison and Randa moving around so much I, I can't relate <laughs> You know, one interesting thing, though, what I find really, really weird and fascinating, and maybe Rhonda can relate to this because she's had roommates, is that when you have someone as a roommate, you can live with them for two, three years, and you can grow really close to them. You can share, like, your personal stories. You become really close. You just hang out, whatever, whatever. But as soon as either of you move out, it's almost like you guys are strangers. It's really weird. Unless they're, like, really, really close to you. It's so hard to, like, I have had roommates that I'm really close with, but I text them, like, once a month or something like that. And even then, like, my parents have to remind me. They're like, oh, like, have you spoken to, like, so-and-so in a while? I'm just like, no, I haven't. Damn, I should text them. You know what? I also think that's a part that comes with, like, going into adulthood. Like, especially after university, like, everyone splits their own way. Like, no one's going to be hanging around to be like, oh, my friend is staying here, so I should stay here, too, to stay in touch. And I feel like that automatically, like, pulls people apart, which really sucks. But, like, it is what it is. Shifali and I have lived at home so far our whole life, so we're just, like, chilling. Girl, enjoy it. Enjoy it while it lasts. But I also feel like we missed out on a lot. This is not really about, like, third country, yeah. child, whatever, um, culture, but... Like, I think I lost a lot of that independence staying home. Like my parents have given me a lot more independence than I did in high school, but still I feel like I missed out on that whole living with roommates thing. I don't know, maybe we'll do it in the future, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I know how to make dal now, so. Oh, me too. I learned how to make dal this quarantine. <laughs> and it's really good, actually. <laughs> the pictures are amazing. Um, I have not learned how to cook, <laughs> but I have learned how to eat more stuff. <laughs> Hey, what'd you say? Wait, Rhonda, what'd you say? Oh, I said that makes two of us. I didn't learn how to cook either. <laughs> That's fine. So I actually have a unique... It's not a unique question. I'm going to rephrase this. <laughs> I actually have a question in terms of feeling like an outsider in the country that you're living in. First of all, I just want to ask, have you even felt that way? Because I don't want to project and say that all third culture kids or all immigrant kids feel this way. So first of all, if you could answer that, that would be great. And then the second thing I'm wondering is, has your accent ever contributed to that feeling? So I can just start off by saying, I was told recently, I, when I say recently, I mean like in the past three or four years, that when I'm around my white friends, my accent is much more Canadian versus even if I'm talking in English, if I'm talking around like my family or my South Asian friends, my accent turns more like Desi apparently or like more Pakistani. And I and I don't know that because I don't do it consciously, of course. But I remember when I heard that, it created this like insecurity for some reason that like this act the fact that my accent is not consistent means I'm not Canadian. And it took time to like work through that and like come to terms with the fact that that's not indicative of that. But yeah, I just wanted to share that and see, you know, if anyone had similar experiences or different experiences. Um, when I was in high school, 
all of my like after I moved to Canada so I I, I spent grade 11 and grade 12 here and so every time I would talk to my teachers and I would tell them about my background they would be like your English is so good and I always felt so proud of myself for some reason that my English was good and that I didn't have an accent and then like later on when you think about it it's just like it's it's like it's like what you talk, you guys talked about in the beginning is just wanting like re that subtle feeling of like really wanting to be a part of the society or whatever, whatever it is. And so whenever I would, and like, again, with Misha, the same thing, like my Arab friends always tell me that like my accent changes a bit when I'm like, when I'm like around like white people, I'm like a lot more cautious and I like, like over enunciate everything. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely relate to that. <laughs> I don't know if you guys like feel this but do you also feel that in your cultures that learning English is like a is like a standard for success almost like if you don't know English then you're not going to be successful you're not going to do this mm -hmm. like the reason like I have family members who have been born and raised in India who can't speak their mother tongue because they've been told this you know they go to like international there's like literally a school called Canadian International School like where my grandparents live it's like what is that even you know what are you learning that's Canadian there but in India sorry um but I definitely feel that there's like a huge importance that they put on English which then downplays the importance of learning your own mother tongue because I feel like I I know like some of you don't haven't learned your like mother tongue whatever like Urdu or Hindi or whatever it is but there's like a different connection that you create with not only your people but your own family right like I have a different relationship with my grandparents than my cousins who don't speak Malayalam so um yeah and I, I definitely also do change my accent <laughs> even when I'm talking to my parents you know like I'll, I'll put in like an Indian accent here and there for no reason I have to catch myself and be like why am I talking <laughs> like with an Indian accent all of a sudden but it's interesting how how much like it's almost subconscious how we want to just be a part of another group mm -hmm. and the things that we do subconsciously to do that it's uh it's interesting mm -hmm. yeah I think same thing uh i i don't i i'm not fluent in urdu but i think i can speak it like decently enough to hold like a conversation at like a basic maybe like an intermediate level but sometimes i'll listen to like a song or like watch like a movie or something and i'll pick up on like a word and i'll just say it in front of my mom she's like where did you learn that right? <laughs> and i'm just like oh um so and so like whatever movie or whatever but to answer the question like do you sort of feel like home i mean i don't think so right like I, I don't know if that's because of culture I don't know if that's just because of my personality I don't really know like I, I, I like I guess what I'm trying to say is like what is the feeling of feeling at home like right like I don't know what that feeling is is it just that like, you feeling comfortable is it safety is it you having a group of friends like you because if it's any of those three then yeah I guess I'm technically at home right but I don't think I've ever had that feeling like I, I can't even define that feeling but I don't think I've ever been like oh like Mississauga yay like I'm at home or like London like yay like I'm at home or like Dubai like I'm at home like I've never had that feeling I don't know if I ever will um I don't think there's any place in the world that you will have that feeling even if I were to like go back to India or even if you guys were to go back to like India Pakistan Sudan whatever I don't know if you guys will have that feeling right so I, I don't know for me, it was actually, un so the first time I traveled on my own um, was as soon as I turned 18. <laughs> and I remember when I came back, there was this feeling, like, even at the airport, like, as soon as we landed at the airport, like, 
I had such a good time on my travel. But as soon as I came back, it was like this feeling of calmness is like the best way I can describe it. And I remember just feeling relaxed and fe- feeling like, like, you know, I was nervous. I was traveling on my own for my first time. But it was like, no matter what happens here, like, this is my country. I can deal with that type of thing. Whereas I, when I was like, in the other, like in Australia, I was thinking, like, you know, if something happens, like, what am I going to do type of thing? Or like, it, there's just this nervousness and the feeling of you don't belong. And I don't think I ever thought of Canada as home, like truly as home before that. And that was like my big realization of being like, okay, when people ask me where is home, I no longer say, oh, it's like, it's both type of thing. It was no, it's Canada, because I think that was when it truly, like, I realized it. But at the same time, we were talking about, um, sorry, I'm shifting it a little bit. Feel free to like shift it back. Um, But we're talking about this feeling of wanting to fit in. And while I felt it like in Canada, I've also felt it in terms of Pakistani culture. Like there's moments when my mom and my aunts are talking about things that I don't understand. And I find myself wishing that I had grown up like for a longer time in Pakistan, or I wish that I had maybe like a better grasp on my language. So I, even though I'm fluent when I speak, like my reading and writing capabilities aren't the great, aren't greatest. So like, I find myself wishing that I had more of that so I could relate to that group as well. It's not just one way or the other, it's finding myself wanting to fit in more in each group. I think that's where like that third identity comes in, right? Where you create that blend of two, whether it's like Pakistani and Canadian culture. Um, and I think that's like a beautiful thing as well, where you blend these two cultures together. You recognize that they're different, but you also see the similarities and, you know, create that new thing. And then and then my mind always goes to like, what are my kids going to do? You know, if I stay in Canada, if I stay in North America, like how are they going to grow up? Because they're even more removed from the motherland or homeland, whatever it is. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys, do you feel like your third culture identity makes you like experience more imposter syndrome than other people? Like, do you feel like your third culture identity like is a factor in the imposter syndrome that you experience? That's such a good question. I was just saying like imposter syndrome is like the feeling that you're a fraud, that like you're not deserving of all that you have, but also that like you don't, like you don't belong where like where you are like with your peers even though i feel sometimes that i'm diluting one culture i always recognize that it's a learning process and that third identity continues to change over my lifetime so i think coming to terms with the fact that it's ever changing is something that helps um not i guess feed into that imposter syndrome for sure how about you Faison, misha do you guys have i was gonna say I don't think it leads to imposter syndrome. And okay, I don't think it leads to imposter syndrome with your direct family or like in my direct experiences. I think the only time it has is when I'm dealing with my grandparents because obviously like they they can't speak English and so it's really hard to connect with them. When I'm just talking to like um, my parents or like my cousins or whatever, they know like all their kids are just like me. So I can't, I don't feel bad because I'm like, I can relate to like their kids. And then because they're going through the exact same situation and they have to kind of like adapt to us, 
they learn how to adapt to like me and like all the other people around me and like going back to the whole like brown tiktok thing like when you see like people like you it's kind of like misery likes company right you're just like <laughs> oh like okay my urdu is garbage but his urdu is garbage too so like we're cool you know so in that sense i don't really face imposter syndrome that times are really weird where i wish like obviously i knew like or do more fluently or like whatever is when i'm watching like tv shows or like something like that and there's no subtitles and i'm like what are they saying half the time <laughs> you know um which kind of sucks but honestly like to answer the question i feel it at times when i'm dealing with like grandparents and whatnot but in general not really just because i think a lot of people are like me so i actually do feel it and i and i don't i don't think that my culture is the reason for it but i do think that i attribute my insecurity to my culture so for what i mean by that is for example if i am even in a work conference right and i i'm feeling like i'm the only one who's unqualified to be there i sometimes think maybe the only reason i am in this space is because they wanted someone from like that was representative of like the Pakistani Canadian population type of thing so then i attribute my own insecurity about being in that space to my identity even though i don't think that's the cause of it no for sure i relate to that like i was going to say i i only ever experienced like this type of imposter syndrome if i ever like i've literally turned down invitations to like represent Sudan in cultural events because I'm just like it's not my place like I don't belong I can't I'm not enough of it so I can't and I'm just like you know what I'll refer you to someone else and like when I go back home to Sudan and I like hang out with my grandparents and and my cousins like although my like Arabic is like pretty good like I can carry conversation it's just you still feel like you've missed out on so much of your culture that they didn't miss out on and you're just like oh like I don't I shouldn't be here like I don't belong I honestly want to end this episode with if there are younger kids watching this or even kids are not kids but like adults are age watching it it's hard to think of, of ourselves as adults um who are still I think we all struggle our whole life but who are struggling like more with this balance of identities what advice or what do you have to say to them I would say, you know, start with your parents. You know, if if you're lucky enough to have parents coming straight from that country that you are from, like you're culturally from, um, you know, go to your parents. I'm sure they're more than happy to talk about, you know, things back home and the languages and arts and movies, whatever it is. Even your grandparents, right? If you have access to that. But sometimes our parents don't even know, right? So what do you do that what do you do then and now because of the internet we have so many opportunities to access you know there's so many cultural organizations religious organizations and uh, you know like we said finding other people online whether whether it's through brown tiktok whatever it is reach out to people right and um, people are always more than happy to talk about these things like so many people through tiktok have dm me and been like Um, I'm not saying it's just because of me, but they'll be like, "Oh, I started listening to Bollywood music because of you again. I started listening to Indian classical music because of you again." And I'm like, I'm so happy that you, they reached out to me in the first place, but that I'm inspiring people, I guess, to go listen to those things because, again, through music, through dance, I feel a really deep connection to my culture. So I think exploring so many options online is is like a start because we have those uh, resources now. 
And adding on to that, instead of looking at your third culture experience as like a a negative thing or something that kind of just like adds to like your burdens look at it from like a like a positive perspective as a third culture kid you can relate to a lot more people than compared to someone who just was born and raised in one place and in the same place that their that their parents grew up in um you get to connect to like with so many different people and it also like broadens your view of the world and that's something that's super useful I was gonna um, say two things. Number one, to add on to Shivali's point, if you wanna reconnect with your culture, do it in a fun way. I know for me, I I would like be allergic to anything Bollywood up until like second year, and just like I I honestly it got to a point. My Udu right now is a bit better than it was when I was in like first year, just because like I completely lost touch with it, right? Um, like because like. It, uh, my dad, he was still in Dubai. So in my in my home, it was like me, my brother, and my mom. And me and my brother, we would like kind of speaking English a lot. And then so my mom would kind of transition to like English too. So like we were like really losing it. And then started through like music and like movies and shows and whatnot. You kind of like started to like reconnect with it. And you actually get to learn a lot through that. So for instance, like you get to see like some really cool clothes. You get to see like some uh, some of the geography in like the South Asian like sort of geography that you never saw before because on on like google and stuff all you see is like really crowded streets with like a billion people in like rickshaws and stuff but there's some places that are actually like really beautiful and they're so scenic and then you get to see like different types of foods and like the microscopic culture level and all that cool stuff so you get to learn and it's fun and uh, obviously have having another language in your belt is never a bad thing and the second thing i wanted to say which was to kind of comment and build on to like Rhonda's experiences I personally am a huge huge advocate for investing in relationships so if there is anyone out there that is kind of like moving place to place I I can understand and try to empathize with the idea of like not really investing in relationships because ultimately it will lead to like heartbreak or some sort of ache but I'm a huge advocate for it and I feel like a lot of value can be derived from investing in people and I for one even though I haven't seen a lot of my friends from like grade five or uh, actually one of the other guys on TikTok, Imad, who we had an episode with the other day, I was with him in school for one year, just one year when I was in grade five, but I stayed in touch with him just throughout the years. And because I was able to do that, we're still good friends and we can have like a really good, meaningful conversation whenever we meet up, whether it's once every six months, once every year, whatever. And I don't think frequency dictates the value of a relationship. So I'm a huge advocate for investing in relationships listen to him guys do that you won't regret <laughs> it. <laughs> no everyone has such good advice and i would agree with all of it um just to give an example of connecting with culture like through fun means i know like for example for shifali it was through songs and like dance and for fidan it was through like that and like shows and things like that for me it was honestly like my initial like connection with my culture was through food and clothes because I loved like street food and I loved like all the Pakistani clothes. So that's like what I started exploring. And then after that, like now it has developed into like shows as well because it shows you different cultures. And I think a lot of the time we think whatever our parents like kind of, whatever our parents like culture is, is that's what the culture of the whole country is. But sometimes it's not. So I think it's really, really interesting when you like expose yourself to like media different types of media to see that 
oh, like Pakistan isn't just like this one culture uh, or India isn't just this one culture. Even like I know, for example, up until honestly, up until grade six, I thought India was only spoke like Hin- like people in India only spoke Hindi. And that's after we expo- the Indians exist. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like and it's after like exposing myself to different forms of media and like interacting with different people that I came to realize how diverse India is. Same thing with Pakistan. I used to think everyone was Punjabi and that was it just because my family was Punjabi. I was like, that's all of Pakistan. And now I'm like, oh, there's like different provinces that speak different languages. (laughs) And like the culture varies so much from province to province. So all of those things are just to say that no matter how much you think you already know or how little you already know, there's always, no one is going to fault you for trying to learn more. And if someone is trying to fault you for that, then they're not the type of people that you want to surround yourself with. I think that's so important, like to not feel guilty because this is something that you can learn at any time of your life. That's so true, which I so totally agree. And like Faizan said, it's make it fun, right? Whether it's through music, dance, arts, movies, food, clothes, there's so many things in our cultures that you can relate to. So really finding something that you relate with personally and then, you know, like learn more about it and not feeling negative, not making a negative experience. Yeah, if anybody's bringing you down about not knowing enough about your culture, throw, kick them to the curb. Like you don't need that. <laughs> you don't need that Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye, Felicia, exactly. <laughs> so that was our episode. Thank you so much for coming to Folly and being a part of this episode. And thank you to Randan Fadan for doing your job and being here. <laughs> and comment down below who you like better Arjit Singh or um, Atif Aswam uh, this is going to start a war but <laughs> yes please do that and follow Shifali we'll have her at in the description thank you so much for having me I loved talking to you all and um, it was so nice seeing Faizan and Misha again after such a long time <laughs> actually I have a request before we end this episode and this is for anyone who has stayed until the end of the episode Fidan, would you like to sing a song? And Shafali might duet you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No. no. <laughs> I Shafali. Come on. This is uh this is gonna end my career. Har Gadi Badal Rahi Haru Pazindagi. That was so good. <laughs> Do you want to continue it? <laughs> छाव है कभी कभी है धूप जिंदगी हर पल यहाँ जी भर जियो जो है समा कल हो न हो वाव थैंक यू आई एम वेरी हैप्पी यू वन आफ्टर आई डिड या आई गेस दैट्स गोना रैप अप दिस एपिसोड एंड वी सी यू इन द नेक्स्ट वन Peace out. Bye. Oh yeah, we always do this and oh. never tell the guests. <laughs> <laughs>
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.